T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, back here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap with you. Josh Klingler, Chief Sider Reporter, host of Fesco in the Morning, going to be joining us at 1230. We'll talk to him about uh, some of the things that we're expecting to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Also, Justin Reed will be at the podium today. Justin Reed making a return trip back uh, to his old stomping grounds, at least the old team, the Houston Texans, where he played the first couple of years of his NFL uh, career. So we'll head out and hear from Andy Reed in just a second. Of course, we're expecting to hear more about the, the roster. Uh, uh, activation at least for the 21-day practice window for wide receiver McCall Hardman uh, who of course has been on IR with an uh, abdomen injury abdominal injury or illness as they haven't really clarified fully so we'll head out there in just uh, a second and let's do that right now yeah, so he, he, he had a little bit of a ramp up last week uh, which was good uh, came out of that feeling pretty good so we'll see we'll see how he does this week and uh, make a decision you know down the road here so um, Take it day by day, if you want to put that. I mean, that's, just see how he got, does. Andy, with Patrick, you know, the previous week you said he had to eliminate one dumb play a game. This week you said he had a bad, bad play with the interception. What do you guys talk about to try to eliminate those plays as you get into the stretch run? Yeah, well, nobody likes to make those. But at the same time, you don't want to um, curve his aggressiveness uh, uh, and you know, desire to make a play. So because he made a couple good ones, too. And uh, that's not going to happen very often with him. It happens with every quarterback, but they got to keep firing. I mean, that's you, you start getting hesitant, and then everything falls apart on you. So um, he, he'll he'll learn from it and and move on. It's pretty simple things that, that he uh, can adjust to, to fix it. So and that's, that's how he's wired. I mean, he's going to go back and look at it, study it, and go, okay, got it under control. Here we go. structured that there's always something for that or is it that you got to get to a different spot on the play sheet and yeah. have the, you know, the the right dial up for, for when they do that yeah you hope that, you hope that it's situated within it um, however there are some things that are better than others uh, you don't want to get caught in a guessing game if you have a true hard soul tendency there that they're doing this on this down or this particular part of the field um, then you can dial up one of these other plays, but uh, you know normally your normal plays that we put in for the different areas normally cover that in there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. You you often come out and say, "Hey, I got I got to give him better things." Patrick comes out and says, "I got to make better decisions." Right. But so it's obviously a joint effort between Absolutely. you guys and the whole staff and everything. But you know how obviously you get it right more than you get it wrong. Right. You're not standing at that podium yeah. for this many years and right. you don't. How often do you feel like you, oh, wow, they got me? That you just have to tip your cap to the, the other coach? And yeah, when I tell you that, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tipping my hat to them. Uh, there, there are sometimes, uh, you know, that, that's the fun part. It's a chess match. And every once in a while, they're going to get you. 
and you hope you get them more than they get you. And, um, and so there are some great minds in this league and good football minds. And so they're going to get you every once in a while. Yeah. We're at the latter third of the season. Just I wonder, with you guys' pursuit of Juju the year prior, um, just what has he given the offense that perhaps you anticipated on his arrival and perhaps that you didn't anticipate? Yeah, we were hoping that he could kind of counter Kels. And um, this offense is best when you can kind of do that. Uh, and we had Sammy, and then uh, Pringle developed into that. As, as we went, um, and that's that's when it rolls the best. And so he's come in and, and done that, and does a nice job with it. So um, he's got a great feel for the game. He's got great feel in space, <clears throat> and then he, he's he's really tough to bring down. I, you know, I kind of forgot about that part. <laughs> After he gets that ball in his hands, man, you try to hit him in his lower body. You, you can shock it off like a running back, you know, and that's special to have that. Just mentioned the Colts will be back. How did he handle his, his last four weeks behind the scenes, and, and what are the unique traits maybe you felt like he missed over that stretch? And we lost a bunch of weight, and so it was a matter of kind of getting that back, but not, you know, with cheeseburgers, right? So, <laughs> so, um, but get back some good, good, uh, hearty weight and strength, and. Um, so he's been working on that. He's been working like crazy on that. Um, and he's going to continue to do that here. He'll do that this week when he's out practicing and doing that. Okay, can, can we hold the weight and add a little bit to it? So. Coach, you mentioned uh, throw the records out when you're facing a team that's, that's struggling with a win and losses. They've obviously battled hard. They almost won last week. This is a coach that you've seen in the past, right? What, what is a, a Lovey Smith team? Look like traditionally, and has this team got some of those characteristics? Uh, no, it's yeah. Uh, I'm friends with Lovey. I mean, I, I think he's a heck of a guy <clears throat> and a great coach. Um, so I, uh, you know, he, he came from that Tampa two group of coaches that did that, and he's evolved uh, with with that and with the way the game is now. So um, he's going to give you a great defense that plays hard and aggressive. Um, an offense is tough. I mean, just the fact that they used two quarterbacks and platooned them, it wasn't because one wasn't doing well, but they platooned him in. And uh, he's not afraid to do whatever he has to do to win the game. And, um, and so that's where the challenge comes in. And his guys play hard for him. So you, you've gotta, you have to be prepared and ready, ready to go. And in this league, the margin between winning and losing is like that. It's just, it's crazy. But greater than it's ever been right now, so. Your years at BYU overlapped with Mike Leach's. And I'm wondering if, if uh, you ever came across, I know he didn't play football, but did yeah. you come across him? And he was, yeah, I guess, sure. working in football, working in the office at some point during his career. Yeah, no, I, I, that was after, that was before me. Um, I'm a little bit older. Uh, but um, I, I know, I knew Mike. And a good guy and uh, very creative. Um, he didn't visit here, but he spent some time with us in Philadelphia during training camp a couple different times. And uh, just a, a good guy. I mean, it's a sad deal. Um, uh, but he, he left a left a nice legacy behind him for sure for for football. And uh, good, you know, like I said, uh, very unique. I mean, the story. I love the story he told told me. But I said. Um, you, you know Donald Trump. We got talking about that. This was years ago, even before Donald was a president. And um, and he goes, uh, "Oh yeah, I was walking through New York. I saw the tower. Went up, introduced myself to him. Like it was no big deal. I mean, you know, he had, but he in other he talked himself through. I mean, Donald had security back then too. He talked himself through that, and and then uh, Donald found him." that kind of personality. I mean, he was just a unique, unique guy. And that's the way he coached, and uh, that's why everybody, you know, everybody loved him for, for that. Yeah. Can you see Patrick something of a descendant? I mean, he was in the Yeah, sure. Tree. Yeah, yeah, his coach, you know, mm -hmm. played for him, so, or worked with him, for sure, yeah. Colton yeah. Moore guy. 
Look, NFL exec uh, Troy Vincent said this morning at the league meetings there would be a, quote, a healthy discussion, end quote, on making roughing the passer either reviewable or challengeable. Uh, so the discussions will come up in March at the owners' meeting. How much do you support this sudden movement to make that roughing the passer penalty reviewable? Um, I'm going to hold off on that. Because <laughs> I'm going to be in those meetings. So I'm going to just I'm a, sit on the picket fence on that one. We'll go Nate and Sam to finish up. Um, Andy, I'm, I'm another coach. Again, we're towards the latter half of the season. I just wonder, with Mike Kafka being an offensive coordinator for the first time, have you had a conversation with him? Have you had time to look at what the Giants have done? Obviously, they're in a playoff push. But just seeing another guy being in, a, being in that uh, role. He's done yeah, we've texted back for it. I mean, we're both busy and cranking away. You don't have a lot of time to have phone calls and that. So, um, but we have texted, and and uh, I think he's done a, a tremendous job. And they're they're playing good football. And my hat goes off to him and Dable too. I mean, Dable was here. You guys know him. And uh, uh, what a great job. That's a tough place. You know, the, that whole eastern seaboard area, man. That's a, and a great competition right there. So that's, uh, I, I think my hat goes off to those guys. Yeah. Last one, Sam. And I'm guessing usually by this time of the year, you've got a pretty good idea of where you guys are. But with the secondary being so young, how much are you still learning about the strengths and weaknesses, what you, what you guys can do with that? Yeah, so, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of getting through that part of the year where, you know, the bowl games are starting, season's over, and now you got another season. So uh, they kind of go through that whole rookie thing, and if they're playing, you know, they have a chance to play, and they're going, man, I'm, you know, my body's a little of this, and my mind's a little of this, and I, I got to power through it, and here we go. So, um, I, but I love their attitude. I love the way they, they compete, and I, I love the way they're getting better. And it's, uh, you know, early it was leaps and bounds, and now it's, you know, settle down a little bit to where it's smaller jumps, but um, I, we're going to be okay there. We just the attitude's got to stay the way it is, and and keep competing and have a short memory uh, when you're back there. That's one thing you have to learn in this league. Uh, that uh, you you better learn from it, get that in there, and then get the garbage out, and then go compete the next play. So. All right. Yeah. All right. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, KCSP, Kansas City, WDF, HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. That, of course, was Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. We're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes in just a minute or so from the podium. Uh, the, the big thing at the beginning from Andy Reid had to do with the health of a couple wide receivers. McCall Hardman said they haven't decided whether or not or determined whether or not he'll play on Sunday. They're going to ease him in, see how he does. He was activated for, with that 21-day window. He's still on IR. Uh, he mentioned he had lost a ton of weight. Uh, and so that's also a challenge for McCarman right now, trying to get that back. And then Kadarius Tony, we know, has the hamstring injury, and he's had a good set of practices. But let's go out there again and hear from quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Um, obviously, he's a great player, and we know that, and he's had these, this great run. Um, but if you look at his career, he's just been consistently great every single year. And uh, that tight end position is hard. You, you take a beating, you're blocking, you're catching over the middle, uh, taking hits, and he just prepares himself the right way that he can be out there and available for us every, every week. So uh, – uh, truly great player and a, a great teammate for sure. Do you feel like those things mean a lot to him? Um, you, if, he, if they do, he doesn't even make it look like it because I, I, I sit beside him on the plane and I said something to him about it. He was like, oh, yeah, man, uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, he's like, he's, all he's worried about is winning. Um, and I think that's what all the great players are, are worried about. And the stats kind of come, but at the same time, he's just trying to win a lot of football games. Patrick. Your coach just basically said that if you do throw an interception, you will spend all week long looking at what you could do different what mm -hmm. and review. So after last week's game, what have you kind of seen? Is there any kind of something you found yourself in a pattern or what you've observed? Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's just more of me just taking what's there and not trying to force it. Um, if it's not there, throw the ball away, especially when we're in field goal range. And then when I'm trying to dirt the ball, don't leave it where the guy can get his hand underneath it and, and pick it. So. Uh, um, just a couple bad mistakes throughout the game, but when you look at the tape, I thought I played pretty good other than those three picks, so just trying to clean those up. Patrick, I think this is the first time you will have played in Texas. I recognize it's quite a bit of distance from where you're from, but still, does that mean anything to you? Do you have extra people coming because of that or anything? 
Yeah, I have a couple extra people coming. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's the first time I'm playing in the, the state of Texas, and I'm playing. I went to the Cowboys Stadium my first year and when, when we played down there and didn't get to play. But uh, to, get, to get down to Houston, I mean, it's, it's like a three-hour trip, three-and-a-half-hour trip from Tyler, Texas. So I'm sure there will be more people than I even know. Um, that are coming down to watch the game, but uh, it'll be it'll be cool to kind of see some people and get them. They'll get to see the uh, me play in the, my home state for sure. How impressed are you with, with the Andy Reid's uh, play design when it comes to the screen game, and what do you think goes into having such success with with, with that defense? Yeah, I think we just do a great job of, of time plays together. I think that's the biggest thing is we make it all look like it's the same and. Uh, when he, he he's just really good at calling it the timing. I mean, it seems like every time he calls a screen, it's on a, a pressure and it's, it's called right into it. So, it's um it's a thing where we the coaches do a great do, great job of designing it and tied it all together. Um, and then Coach Reed does a great job in EB of calling it at the right time. Um, whenever it, it gets open and can get a lot of extra yards. Patrick, just seem to do a pretty good job of mixing between blitzing and, and then dropping a lot of guys. I'm curious within the the play designs, like every play have. We got, I got a guy I go to if they drop eight. And I got a guy I go to, if, or is there sometimes that, oh, wow, we got, we're just kind of screwed. Like, we, we, got, we thought they were going to do this, and they went the other way, and I don't really have an out here. Yeah, I mean, most times there's, there's either a guy that I have a hot that I can throw to, or we have guys that can kind of work whenever drop eight comes. Uh, they do a good job of calling those good versus all plays. Um, but, I mean, obviously there's sometimes when you call a, a game plan specific play that you want to get a certain coverage or a certain look, and they might do something that was un-game plan, uh, unscouted. Um, and so they got us a couple times throughout the game, but we did a great job of kind of settling in there um, and getting to those good versus all plays because we knew that they were doing a little bit of different stuff, uh, especially in the late second quarter, early third. And they did some blitz. That's what I saw stats, 13 of 15, two touchdowns. I mean, that happens a lot when they blitz you, that the numbers, mm -hmm. your numbers against that are really good. You're mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's a hard, it's a hard position for a defense to be in. I mean, um, I mean there was a couple times in the game that I didn't throw the ball where they got sacks because they were blitzing. So um, whenever defense are trying to give you different looks, when you have a talented offense, um, there's going to be times where they get in a blitz and, and, and give up yards. But at the same time, they have to uh, live with that if they're able to make the tackle because then they're, they're hoping they blitz and get negative plays as well. Patrick, when you're in the moment there with everything, I, you said after the game, you know, trust me, I know when I messed up, you're kind of hot on the mm -hmm. sideline. Talk about the process of trying to calm down. You know, you still got more game to go with Andy and EB and, and, and everybody on the sideline there. Try to make sure you just make the right adjustments going forward. Yeah, you just kind of have to flush it and keep playing. I mean, obviously, I knew that uh, those two turnovers before half were big. Kind of kept them in the game and, and got the momentum back on their side. Um, but uh, I think you see me on the sideline. I'm talking to the guys. I'm like, hey, we're going to have to score again. We're going to have to put up another touchdown to win this game. And um, it's about keeping the bigger, bigger picture in mind. I mean, obviously, it, it, it stinks at that time when you throw an interception, but uh, we're still up in the ball game. Uh, we still have to find a way to win the game. So how are we going to do that? And that just kind of hit the move on and keep going. How often is your first read right on that? Like after the game, you pretty much know what you did. When you go back and look at those plays where the, where the interception happened, are you right, like right after the game, or do you see something different when you go back and look at the tape? Yeah, I mean, the first one, I thought I could have got to an easier completion um, instead of trying to force it into Travis. Um, the second one, like I said, I was trying to just dirt the ball. I just did throw it too far. I was trying to just not get intentional ground. I'm in the pocket um, and throw it away, kind of behind Sky on the ground, and he makes a great play on it. And then the third one was just I, I forced it, try to put it in the, a window that wasn't really there. So um, you have a good feel for it because you can see it on the tablet and on there on the sideline. But I think what makes you more upset was kind of like the first. I felt like I had other guys open that I could have got the ball to. So that that's the only one that I really feel like I made a decision. I could have made a different decision that, to kind of help the team out. Patrick, when you get your third touchdown against Denver, everybody's watching you sort of scramble and obviously extend the play. But what jumped out to you, I guess, in the moment in finding Juju? And then if you're looking at it on the tablet or looking at it on film afterwards, what, what sort of – what did you think Juju did well there to, to stay open? Yeah, he just stayed alive. I mean, he, he really he's kind of a guy who's trying to attract people so he can get Travis open. And uh, obviously they dropped right into where he wanted to throw the football. Um, and so instead of just kind of running off and letting the play in, he just kept working. And you could see it, I think, from the back end zone view of he's moving side to side, just trying to find a way to give me a, a spot to throw the football. And so uh, he got open. I was able to give him the ball in a big moment. Um, but we're, it's going to take that. I mean, not all, every play is going to be perfect. We're going to have to be able to make some plays whenever the, the play call isn't perfect. Um, and so uh, I thought he did a great job of continuing to work and not giving up on it. You never, you never played for Mike Leach, but you kind of did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just want to know what your thoughts on Mike and, and, uh, and what kind of influence. I mean, 
you know, by extension, did he have on you? Yeah, I mean, a, a huge influence. I mean, uh, the way that I play the sport, I feel like it fits that scheme uh, very well of just finding good space throughout the field. And, uh, and even though you might not say you have like that Mike Leach coach in the NFL, I feel like a lot of his uh, schemes and, and type of, of how, to, how to play is kind of infiltrated the NFL. And so uh, obviously he was coach, coach Kingsbury. That was his coach. I think he was, I was Leach's first quarterback and influenced him to become a coach. Um, I learned from Coach Kingsbury, so I feel like I've learned from Mike Leach himself. So uh, just prayers to his family, man. I mean, obviously a sad deal, but uh, his, his impact will be known for a long time around the NFL and around uh, college football as well. Did you ever get to know him? I didn't get to meet him, um, but I mean, I knew a lot of people that knew him. I mean, I, I, I worked, I've worked a little bit with Graham Harrell, who has obviously played with them and coached with them at Washington State. Um, obviously, Eric Morris, another office coordinator I had at Texas Tech, was there. I mean, he, there's so many people that I've, I've known that have known him and told the, the, the amazing stories I think everybody's heard of, of the, char the, the characteristics that he has. But, I mean, he loved football, and he, he made a huge impact on the game. Well, I remember a similar thing in high school. I mean, everyone from Texas runs some sort of a spread. Did that, some of that went to Tech, and some of it came from Tech to everywhere. Were you running that the whole time you were in high school? Yeah, I ran the exact same offense. I actually, my coach um, in high school went to Texas Tech, so he he kind of had that same style of offense. I went on visits there, and I was trying to like learn what they were doing to add it into our offense. And so uh, it's, a, it's a great offense to run, especially when you want to score points, and I, I wanted to score a lot in high school. Similarly, did, did Coach Cook actually play? He was walk-on. Yeah. I, I, I would assume so. Just I, I don't even know, honestly, off the top of my head, but I would assume so that, that, that he was under that same coaching staff. But if you look at that coaching staff and the players that they had, I mean, there's coaches all around college football that are in that, now in the NFL as well. And so, um, it, like I said, he made a tremendous impact on the game of football itself. Um, and uh, like I said, prayers to his family on this time. Yeah, I think getting McColl and, and uh, KT back um, will just add another dimension. I mean, obviously they can do the jet sweeps and stuff like that, but just adding that speed to the field, it makes uh, teams have to honor it. And uh, obviously Marquez has done a great job of filling that, vol uh, filling that role, and so has Sky. Um, but just to continue to add speed uh, to any offense uh, like th that, that those two guys have, I think it will open up everybody else because you have to really account for those two guys on every play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's stuff you try to just continue to kind of log in your memory to, to, to try to find that open guy whenever it's there. I mean, if you look at the one I tried to over the middle to Travis, I felt like I had Marquez kind of popping at the end of that play. And so I had seen him early. He was covered. And I kind of just I thought that the backside corner was going to fall off, and he didn't. So it's just I got to continue to stay throughout my reads and, and learn from him so that I don't give up and I can hit those big plays when they're there. Patrick, just one thing about the Texans. Um, the record really isn't something that everybody's, you know, jumping up and down about, but a Lovey Smith team. Is there anything that you look at that you want to be concerned about or focus on? Yeah, I mean, they're well coached. I mean, they play hard. They're well coached. Obviously, Lovey's done a lot of great things in the league. Um, and so um, it just, you got you to gotta go in there with the mentality. You're going to have to play your best football. I think you saw last week. I mean, they played a great football team in the Cowboys, and they were down there where they probably should have won. So uh, in this league, you can, you can take no one for granted. I mean, those are NFL players. They have a lot of talented young guys that play really hard, um, and we understand it'll be a great challenge for us. So we're going to have to go out there and play our best football to win. All right, that's quarterback Patrick Mahomes at the end talking about the Houston Texans, who the Chiefs are 14-point favorites over on Sunday. Great and, team. Uh, the Texans, talent, the Texans well team that will not have Pierce, their talented running back, and it looks like Brandon Cook's likely not going to play. As well for the team currently. Can you name for the one, one other player on uh, the Texans? Yeah, that actually had a really offense. more the wide receiver actually had his like career high game. It's his first game. Chris or Charlie, one of the two, can't remember. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they have a tight end, Jordan Akins, I think. I don't think it's Charlie Moore. Didn't he play at Kansas for that's, one season? That's, that's that's that guy. Yeah. Same guy. No, 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 <laughs> no, no definitely not the. <laughs> Let's go back out there and hear from Justin Reed, his yeah. former team he's um, going to go so up against. It's a fun game for me personally to go back and be in the atmosphere that I began my career in. How the organization is different, you know, Houston to Kansas City, you know. I'm not asking you to speak ill of, you know, your previous employer, but just what, what's, what do you, what, you come in here and you go, okay, this is what they're doing here. Um, 
Well, the clearest difference is right now the Texans are still in a little bit of a rebuilding stage, and Kansas City is in the middle of a championship run. You know, so the pieces are a little bit better put together at this moment in time, although um, Casario and Lovey Smith, I'm sure, do a great job rebuilding that culture and building the Texans back up again. Justin, with the secondary, I know it's you know been some up and downs going on there, especially with Denver. Uh, what's the conversation been like to try to improve as you get into the stretch run for you guys? Yeah, um, you know, to take a step back, look at the big picture, and really focus on ourselves, not so much um, what other teams have been doing, but how can we get better each and every day um, at our technique and really tighten up the defense so that those leaky yardage plays um, like the screenplay, you know, just eliminate those from our game. Because um, as we know in the NFL football, in the National Football League, plays that you get and you let up like that, you're going to tend to see them again um, until, that we, until we prove that we can stop them. Specifically with the cornerbacks, though, I know in the safety, you're talking to them, but specifically with them, you know, they're young and they're, they're at the point where, you know, they'd be preparing for college bowl games now. So mm -hmm. what has it been like them seeing them kind of just make sure they still keep up and ramp up? Because they know your stretch run now, the NFL is a lot different than their stretch run that they mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the games will continue to get faster, especially as we start approaching January. The games will start to get faster. Um, still give a lot of credit to them. They're young guys and came in. We put a lot on their plate. I mean, to have two, three, four rookies sometimes on the field um, playing 30, 40, 60 snaps a game, uh, that's not an easy task, especially with the defense that we run. Um, but they've been up to the challenge, and each week they've gotten a little bit better. Um, you're going to have ups and downs in the National Football League. That's how they, you know, the league goes. Uh, opposing offenses have some firepower too, but overall, um, you've seen that they've grown both mentally in following the defense and also their technique-wise. And you know, as things go up and down, this trend is still heading upward. So we're going to need them to come through, and I expect and I'm confident in them to still come through for us as this stretch continues to go down the road. Justin, you guys have hinted at this. I mean, did you feel maybe at 27 nothing? You guys are getting stops. The offense is going up and down the field. That maybe there was kind of an, an exhale and a little bit of a letdown that, that kind of mm -hmm. opened the door. Yeah, and you know, it's still a divisional matchup, so um, the Denver Broncos are never one to go down easy, especially when you're um, playing inside of the division. Um, but I think there's still a lot of lessons to be taken from that. Um, I mean, you've seen upsets happen across the league. We were able to come out of that one still with the win, um, but still to take that with us going forward, that when we have a team in that position, to really keep our foot on the pedal um, and not allow it to even become close. Even if they're not having the season they want to have, they're, yeah. they're good players. Mm -hmm. good All it takes is a swing of momentum. Right. Did did, you, did they make an adjustment there at, at the end of the first half? I know because your offense then I think had a quick three and out, and you guys had to get right back out there. So if they made a change, you didn't have a lot of time to maybe look at the tablets and do all that. Yeah. Um, Russell, Russell uh, started hurting us a little bit more with his legs. Um, started scrambling a little bit more, and you know, let's not. You know, sleep on Russell Wilson and the type of player that he is. You know, it isn't his best year right now, but he's still a Super Bowl champion, um, Walter Payton Man of the Year, and a very high caliber quarterback. So once he got his footing underneath him, um, he was able to do some damage to us. Uh, but like I said earlier, you guys got to use that as a learning lesson um, and continue to move forward and focus on ourselves as we approach the Houston Texans. Justin, uh, you played with um, uh, Davis Mills last year and also Driscoll. What, uh, give us a scouting report on those guys. What do you yeah, they have a unique one-two combo. Um, Davis Mills, a little bit more of the pocket passer. Guy is very, very accurate whenever he's able to get comfortable in the pocket and deliver balls on rhythm timing. Um, Jeff Driscoll, um, I kind of liken him to Taysom Hill, a uh, guy who can get gritty, a lot of quarterback option, um, physical runner, good speed. Um, so they got a good one-two punch there that they're trying to work. Any more difficulty than normal knowing you preparing for two guys? Well, yeah, you're preparing for two different quarterbacks. So a lot of focus ends up being who's the guy under center. And, you know, that changes the way they want to play a little bit. You mentioned uh, Reed and Cernas. I'm not, not saying bad about the Texans or their organization, but when you were there as a young player, they were felt like they were getting into those championship years and how mm -hmm. quickly things can kind of fall apart. Uh, is that a lesson learned for, for you to just not take, say, oh, it's just going to be like this for forever? And you guys... Have to stay on all the time. Yeah, um, well, the, NFL, the, the system of the NFL is built for teams to be 8-8 eight eight teams, you know, with the draft position, with the way that the waiver claims work and everything like that. Um, it's also a lesson in just how fast things can turn around, you know, going from a 12-4 team to a team that's 4-12. Um, every year is different in the NFL. Credit to the coaching staff and the core group of guys that are here in the Kansas City Chiefs that we've been able to sustain less for, you know, a number of years now. That is by no means easy at all. 
there's a huge amount of credit that goes up to um, Clark Hunt and all the way down that tree from there. Um, but the NFL changes very quickly. I mean, Miami has turned itself around uh, from a team now struggling to now a team that um, is doing very well. And, you know, that's the same thing that can happen over there. Is there an emphasis right now behind the scenes of, of you know, ball hawk type of mentality and, and how, did, how does that maybe shift a little bit you know, as you try to carry that into the secondary? Yeah, um, we've been putting a, a higher emphasis on takeaways, how we can get them interceptions, force fumbles. Um, there hasn't been enough so far in the season, um, but the positivity is that hopefully we're just saving them for this last stretch in December, January, February, and we can get them all now. Yeah, I did get a hand on it. You got you know, hand yeah, on. I'm going to change the directory slightly. Yeah, that's what I'm curious. Thanks. Talking about the uh, turnover speed, was just asking, you know, you remember when you were a young player and you got young corners back there. There, there are a number of plays where maybe they've gone for a reception or a touchdown or something, but your guys are there, but maybe not getting their head around. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that the. That's yeah, the that's just an experience thing, you know, and as you. As you play in the league, longer your confidence level continues to build up. And then, what honestly, you start seeing route concepts a lot more because the game changes from college to the NFL. Um, but once you get used to the coaching and the style of offenses NFL teams run, you start to learn how teams want to attack us. First, you get our defense down. And then once you really feel confident in our defense, you can start noticing patterns on how teams like to attack us. You start being able to predict plays. And when you get in those situations, um, you have a little bit higher level of confidence to turn around and make the play. When, when, does that time, when did that hit for you, I guess I'll, I'll say? Like you can start predicting plays. Um, games in, eight games in, second year, third year? Um, it's different for every player. You know, guys come along at different speeds. For me personally, it was probably about the midway point. It was really after I got the first one. My, my first pick was Dallas. might have been Dallas or Washington. I remember which one was first. But then after that, you know, once you get one, they come in bunches. Ended up getting two more that year. Justin, you said a minute ago you guys were emphasizing forcing some fumbles and committing some picks. How do you do that? How do you emphasize that? What, what guys? What can you do to sort of speed that process along, so to speak? Um, first and foremost is practice habits. In practice, if it doesn't happen in practice, it's not going to just magically start happening in the game. So we've been harping on it. Uh, really have a focus on getting our head across, getting physical, punching the ball out, um, that type of stuff. And then in the game. You just got to follow through with it. You know, you just can't let your coaching and your training go by the wayside when you get to the game situation. Um, obviously, in opportunities where you got to make the tackle, make the tackle and secure it first. But when the opportunity is there that the tackle is secure and you have a chance to rip at the ball, uh, we need to do that a little bit more. Thank you. Right, that's Chief Safety Justin Reed. He'll be uh, going up against his old team, the Houston Texans, on Sunday. Uh, a lot there at the end about turnovers. It's something we certainly have discussed multiple times with this team. It's one thing when you're not turning people over, but now your offense for seven straight, you know, eight straight games now, I guess it is, you continue to turn the football over. In this game, you had three. Uh, so that puts more emphasis on needing to get the, the takeaways if your offense is going to continue to struggle to give away the, the football. And you clearly can tell that that's something that they're trying to, to emphasize. I think that has to happen. Uh, for for this team to advance in the postseason, I mean, I really do. like. I I don't think they can go through and and beat Correct. Cincinnati and, and Buffalo in back to back weeks. And you tell me that the Chiefs didn't force a turnover. I just I mean, or they're minus four yeah. in turnovers. Now look, or minus a, a two huge or... a huge help would be not turning don't, over. Don't don't turn over the maybe the then sure you, you know don't do that. Um, I think yeah. it goes without saying. Clearly, it sounds like though it is something they're obviously well aware of and and, and trying to really key in on. And maybe maybe that is one thing out of the. The Broncos game, uh, of course, they got the win, but defensively, there's a lot of frustration. But you got, got the, the ball. you got the six sacks, and you got you got the football a couple times, and one was a pick six, a great play by by Willie Gay. Maybe that is something that can springboard. I thought it was interesting how he specifically talked about the young guys, though, and he said like because you know, the question was essentially like how long does it take to where you're like in the league to where maybe you start to recognize the, the turnaround and recognize the routes more, and, and therefore be able to try to get the, not just worry about matching up, but go and get that ball, go and, go and get Not the turnover. Not trying to just cover the guy. Yeah, but. and I think Justin, what he, 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 first it sounded like he was about to say like halfway through, but then he just said it, once you, you got to get the first one. If you're uh, a Trent McDuffie, if you're uh, a Jalen Watson, of course, Jalen Watson got the pick six in, in week two against the Chargers, a huge pick. But maybe it's one of those where like as, is that the hope that as the season continues you know, that, that the young guys, or is that is that a I next year thing? I honestly don't rule that out. I don't think that people can't get better at turning it over, over sometimes, but yeah. I also think that people are just like, to me, that is a skill that you just either have or you don't. Ball hawking skills are just you have it or you don't. 
It doesn't seem to me that there are a lot of secondary players gold who just learn it. So I, Marcus I, Peters yeah. walked into the league and just took the ball. And I understand that he's a different caliber of player than the seventh round yes. rookie I am currently comparing him to, which is an unfair standard. But it's just yeah, I mean, like I, Justin Reed's actually kind of a perfect example of this. Justin Reed has been in the league. He knows the routes. He knows where people are going. He doesn't take the football from anybody. He's never been a turnover guy. Doesn't mean he can't do a good job over the last three weeks. He's only been targeted three times. He's only allowed two catches. He's missed some tackles and some yeah, of the other, but in coverage, type. he's been good. He's Doesn't mean he's got the, the ball, does he? Yeah, he's a different type of safety. Then. Yeah. You know, he's not a ball-hawking safety, which is, which is fine, but you need other guys then to be able to do that. And maybe we'll find out as time goes on. Maybe that is something that Trent McDuffie can, can be for this team. Uh, but they certainly, they certainly could use it on this defensive side of the ball if, if this offense is going to continue to have uh, some of the, the issues turning over the football. I mean, that that's where it has to start. I know the, so much of the conversation this week and on this show even has been about the defense, but that that's what has to get cleaned up. Honestly, even as much as you want the takeaways, like you cannot turn the ball over multiple times in a football game. No. In the playoffs. Plain it is why, it, honestly, it is, it is, it defies all logic that a team who is bottom five in turnover differential is 10 and three. That is not supposed to happen in the NFL. <laughs> not supposed to be plausible the other part with Reed and Mahomes both mentioning it because I, that's the thing that I'm still waiting for on the injury stuff the McColl injury is fascinating to me I agree with Mahomes that they can stretch the field more there's more availability to them having Tony McColl back can help them in the red zone and all these other things that come with it but the fact that Andy's like I lost a bunch of weight he's got to put all that weight back on they called an injury then an illness I'm like what the hell's going on here with McColl did he have surgery? Did he have like, like it's it's hard for me to imagine that somebody who just let's say had an abdominal strain, cold, lost a bunch of weight. That feels more illness feels more right in that, doesn't it? Yeah, like we we, we don't we don't know, but yes, if you're, you're talking about weight loss involved, it's not just like there's a a, a strain or, yeah, or something. Still it, eats, it sounds like <laughs> again, it's pure speculation. Yeah, it yeah. makes you wonder if there was some sort of you know procedure or surgery or something that. That ultimately. Oh, by the way, they could choose to end the speculation by just simply stating out loud what the injury actually is. So I don't feel that bad about speculating. I think we'll know. um, I think we'll know if McColl talks again in a week or so. Whenever he, whenever he gets fully activated again, he's he's able to practice. But when he gets fully activated from IR, therefore is about to play in a game, or maybe won't know until after the game that he plays in. Maybe that's when he's. Maybe that's when we'll get some sort of answer. But it is kind of. Interesting that it, nothing has come out with that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you that it seems like there had to have been some sort of procedure or something that took place if you're talking about him losing a lot of weight and that that's something he needs to pick back up. I mean, maybe it's a maybe it's like a really intense bug and tapeworm. I don't know. Whatever. But it just feels <laughs> like something was going on. Jed's just shaking his head. Now we're going really deep. Now we're going. Re- you're, Jed, you're was just- I not supposed to mention tapeworms? Was that Was that frowned upon? I mean, I didn't see anything. Nick didn't leave any notes specifically about that, but I'd prefer it if you not. If you could save that for when he's back behind the glass, I'd appreciate it. Jed Marshall in for Nick Short for the next eight shows or so as Nick is on his way to Germany, although I don't know why Nick is busy tweeting about the NCAA. They don't care about the NCAA in Germany, man. I Just enjoy, in, enjoy Germany. Yeah, Do you no. even think Nick's really going? <laughs> like if you're tweeting about the NCAA and you're getting ready to go to Germany, what the hell's the matter with in you? In fairness, I do think he actually is still in the United States as of right this second. I think his he's, he's he won't be overseas until later. Yeah, I think he flew today. this morning to Denver and and he's flying out of Denver later on this afternoon. Are we worried by letting people know that Nick will be out of the country for many days that yeah. we're opening him up to burglars? He lives in an apartment complex. We didn't know. give out his address. Yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't have. <laughs> we didn't give his address, and he like, even more difficult when he lives in the complex. He's like, good luck, good luck figuring out exactly. If I left out of the country for ten days, would you house it for me? Would you watch my house? Here's why I, w- I would say no. Here's why. Why? Because I, I would. Live, you have a nice house. So, so Thanks, it has nothing Jen. to do with your your house. Not because you're not. If you lived within ten minutes of me, yeah, I'm not going to drive thirty minutes. But you just live there for what, a little I bit. I have a dog. The dog can come. I'd be worried my dog would, even though she doesn't destroy my stuff, I'd be worried she would get into something at your house and ruin something, and I'd feel awful and be a mess. That's on me. I'm taking the eh, risk. Well, no, it'd probably be on me. It'd probably be on me at that point. She loved, she'd probably love the backyard. She, you have a fence? Fence, yep. Yeah, she'd love that. Run around? 30 minutes or 30-minute drive, so you're just saying just stay there. Just stay there. You're house-sitting. Yeah, that's like, that implies, like, staying there. 
can yeah. sleep in the bed. You can eat. A, I'll put food in the fridge. I'll put beer in the provide fridge. Provide some great content, though. I don't want to sleep in your yeah, bed. Yeah, I, yeah, if yeah. I could sleep in a guest room, I what about one of the kids' beds? Is that fine? Those seem too small. No, they have full. They have queen size mattresses. Oh, okay. Oh, so wow. <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. Okay, I didn't get a queen size bed until I was out of the house. So my my feet were when, I'm serious like even in high school my feet were hanging off the damn bed because I didn't have I didn't have a queen bed until I well, left. Well, we got we got offered yeah. a free box spring and a bed frame at some point. I was like, yeah, screw it. They can just have queen size mattresses. Man. I don't care. Uh, coming up next, we'll talk with Josh Klingler, chief sider reporter for the Chiefs Radio Network. Of course, host of Festco in the morning. We'll get his thoughts on a couple of things that Andy said, and I do want to ask Kling about the Royal Stadium project. Of course, one of the community events took place last night. We'll get Kling's feel on what John Sherman had to say in, in regard. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. To that project next. All right, back here on Cody and Gold. We'll get to the random question of the day in about eight minutes or so. Let's talk some more Chiefs football, though, with Josh Klingler, who, of course, will be on the sidelines in Houston this Sunday afternoon. Another uh, another noon game. I know Kling loves the fact that it's another noon game. I also suggest you go get a uh, little Nymphas and get some amazing fajitas down in, in Houston. The, the best fajitas you'll ever have. I, I definitely suggest you do that. You're also, like myself, co-champion of our Survivor League. Oh, lame, that, that lame. Was, co-champions, lame. Yeah, not my decision. But we are co-champs. Congrats, Clint. Yeah, I will. I will uh, channel Bill <laughs> Self, who once said, uh, "Nobody likes sharing." Uh, but they've had to share the uh, the Big Twelve title before. It, it still does count, I guess. Even though, uh, so I am counting it as a back-to-back, even though oh. it is a co-championship. So I'm think. I think this is lame. I think the K State <laughs> doing a trophy tour for the Big Twelve championship is lame. Oh, I like that. I thought that was fun. Go, go take that out to your fans. I like that. 
Yeah, see, this was the, we were talking about this before the show. I said, look, I'm sure if KU won a Big 12 football championship, they do a tour for the trophy I'd make fun as of well. them too. I get it. I have no problem. I really don't. As much as I would love to, to find a way to be upset about it. Uh, no, I, I don't have a problem with the There'd trophy There'd be more tour. of a chance I'd see the trophy if they brought it to me if I was a fan than if, you know, hey, the next time I'm in Manhattan, I got to try to go to the yeah. you know lobby of the stadium or whatever. Uh, go get a picture at a yeah. you know, bar in If you live wherever. in Colby, you Kansas, know? you may not be able to make your way to Manhattan. Yeah. I liked it. It's just it's a big 12. You're a hater, Cody. You're just They're a hater. not even the best team in the Big 12. Well, they won, that team's well, in the college well, football they, playoffs. They, they won the Big 12 title, though, man. It's a trophy. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Kling. If they uh, did this for basketball, would you think it was as cool? For which school? Any school. K-State won a Big 12. I bet you if K-State basketball won the Big 12 title, they would, yeah. Oh, man. All right. Anyway, Kling, <laughs> let's get back to the real stuff. When like, when, like, Kansas <laughs> is doing their their barnstorming tour in the summer, I mean, I'm guessing when, when you bring it, I'd bring that. National championship trophy everywhere we went. That, I mean, I that is a very different trophy, Kling. <laughs> I am all around. that is a very different trophy. The same <laughs> oh, as so the Royals. levels of trophy. <laughs> yes. Dogs. Okay. All right. I don't all think right. trophy parade driving it around in a bus is not worthy of Big Twelve championship. <laughs> I think it's gotta be a real championship. I don't know. I'd probably drive the Sunflower Showdown trophy around. I don't know. <laughs> I just wondered, yeah, Cody's the UMKC guy. If you guys, if oh, you we guys, have no trophies. If you, if you won the, what, the Summit League that you guys are in these yeah, days? Yeah, correct. If you won the Summit, would they take it to Waldo? They'd take it to different neighborhoods? Is that what I you, sure as heck would. Yeah. Why if I were UMKC, I'd do anything to probably yeah. promote myself at that point. I think, I think you're just a hater. All right, Kling. Uh, the Chiefs are taking <laughs> on the Texans. We don't really need to talk about the Texans, okay? They're the worst team in football. Uh, <laughs> right, we, right. We don't need to do that. But the Chiefs themselves, we, we heard from Andy that McCall Hardman at least is going to start practicing. Uh, and, and then Kadarius Tony continues to, to be practicing. Cody thinks that we haven't seen, like, the, the best offense because those guys haven't been around. I just don't like, what, what's the next level? I think in the red zone, McCall helps them. But is there another level to this offense? Uh, can he be the, the downfield threat still I, I i don't know if they have a you know a, a i think they want to take some shots down the field and you know they've tried it a few times with mvs i don't know can it be more successful with with uh mccall hardman I, i'd like to see that aspect of it um getting back you know uh, two receivers and and then eventually ceh i mean that's that's some nice reinforcements to have down the stretch um so hopefully those come to fruition in terms of mccall hardman um, he was on the sidelines last week, and I, that was good news because I hadn't seen him around. And so uh, to have him around the team last week, I thought was a was a pretty good sign that he was really, really close. So um, hopefully he's able to go today. Uh, Kadarius Tony, to me, I, I don't know. I think we're. I, I feel like we're back in the camp the day we day he was acquired, and we were all saying, "Hey, wait till next year, <laughs> wait till next year." But he did give you a little tease of a couple things, and then got hurt again. So. I, I'm not expecting a ton from that, but if he can work himself back in and he gives you that ability to go throw the ball up, it gives you a different aspect. And then, you know, I, while I don't have a specific use for CEH right now, as well as the two running backs are going, you always need more running backs, right? And you don't foresee it at this point in time. Could you could you ease the load on on uh, Pacheco down the stretch before the playoffs? I, I don't think anybody would argue with that. The kid runs so hard, you're like, okay, let's not completely burn him out. So I think that you got an aspect of this offense to get get some pieces back for the stretch run, which I think are pretty cool. I just kind of like the idea that if at no point this season have we seen the way they want to operate an offense with the full complement now. So a one-two punch of Pacheco and McKinnon, a wide receiver unit that includes Juju, Tony, McColl, just all you know, Justin Watson, MVS, all on the field at the same time together. Like, I don't know that at any point this year, Kling, we've had that all at once, and I feel like we're a week and a half? Because I don't know that McCall's <laughs> playing this week, but yeah. I feel like we're not far off from maybe seeing what it can look like if there really are eight guys on the football field you could throw to at any one time. Yeah, because they probably run more, you know, like three tight end packages based on availability of people yes. than, they, than they ever intended. So can you get back to what you – wanted to do. I think they've, I think they've done a great job of working with whoever's there, but yeah, it, it probably wasn't the ideal. Here's how you draw it up. Here's what we'd like to have. Everybody's available and here's the playbook type of game. And maybe, yeah, maybe you get one of those coming up here shortly. Kling, maybe you never lost it, but is there something the defense can do to kind of re-earn your trust? We were back and forth on this a little bit. And I think for me, it's like they can just prove to be dominant in something or significantly improved. Even against bad opponents, I'll take it. 
You can be a much better red zone scoring team on defense. You can get turnovers. Show me something you haven't shown me yet, and I can still have a little bit of faith going into this postseason that they can slow down an elite offense enough to get them a win. Uh, I think it's I think it's still sacking the quarterback, and and yeah, if you could create more turnovers, that'd be, this hasn't been a good turnover producing team thus far, and and maybe they won't get enough credit if they do even down the stretch because you're playing you know bad football teams. So maybe, but I think those things get contagious. And so go ahead and, and start turning people over. And then to me, yeah, just be consistent up front with the, with the pass rush. Um, give your guys on the back end a break. Make sure that, that Chris Jones and Frank Clark, they just need to get on the same page too. I, if there was something that came out of last week, you know, in my observances on the sideline was that uh, there were a lot of mad defenders last week. And I thought, boy, this was, a, this was a game where they were all ticked off at one another. They were probably ticked off at the coaches it didn't look very uh, cohesive when things started to slide last week. And so it's, it's getting back on, on the same page and making sure everybody's going in the same direction. And then that starts, as it always has, it starts up front. Be consistent up front, be a menace up front, and, and the rest of the defense takes care of itself. Also, you know, I, I guess I would like to see, uh, I, I don't know if Nick Bolton hit a wall per se, because he's still like the leading tackler, but the last few weeks, yeah. He hasn't been as like visible to me. And I'm like, okay, was he going through, I know he was, he was dealing with a bit of a groin injury and um, you know, maybe he's a little more injured than he, he had and anybody had let on. Uh, but I'd love to see him be fresher for them for the, uh, for the end of the season. But I meant to ask you earlier when we were talking about McColl, what is your working theory for what the illness was? Uh, my current guess is tapeworm. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but it was something that, you know, heard he lost a bunch of weight and obviously he's not big. So I was hard to tell last week. I saw him for I'm the first going time appendix. last week. I'm going appendix. <laughs> uh, it could be something like that. And then some kind of infection that came out. Of it, I don't know, but whatever it was, he lost weight. And I couldn't tell last week when I saw him, cause I saw him in street clothes. Um, cause he's skinny anyway. Like he's not yeah. a, he's not a, a big dude. So it's, it's hard to tell. Like there's some people like you could tell if Chris Jones lost weight. You, you definitely could tell when Frank Clark lost weight. Or a lineman, and you're like, oh, that guy was sick, and boy, he looks. You couldn't tell what to me with McCall Hardman, but you know, I'd been told that there was, you know, a lot of weight loss, and so he doesn't have a lot of pounds. You know, he's one of the few that you're like, ah, could you stack on some more pounds? Uh, you don't say that a lot around uh, around football teams, but he's he's the one where he could stand to. I mean, maybe because we're on the, you know, he was on the uh, the, the charter plane last week. He ate a whole bunch of like hamburgers and all the he eat like 14 <laughs> meals on that thing. Maybe they. Uh, had him travel last week to beef him back up. Yeah. Andy joked today. He's like, yeah, we're trying to get the weight on. He's like not eating a bunch of cheeseburgers, but we, we definitely need to get him some, some healthy weight back on him quickly. He could probably do that though. I mean, he's yes. of that, you know, yeah. he's of that fine tuned athlete where he could eat a bunch of cheeseburgers just to put on weight and he'd be just, just fine. Just get him one of those candy canes full of gummy bears or whatever. You're like you're eating all of these all the time <laughs> yeah. until you well, put now, some weight back on. Now my interest is, is I'm definitely there when it comes to the charter flight cling. What, what is the food? Do you get some food on there? What's the food like? Oh, it's, I mean, I, I, if, if I ate everything that they passed by me, I'd be 300 pounds. Oh, I mean, it's, wow. It's, re, it's, it's like ridiculous. Willy Wonka or something. It's like, yeah, no, it, it, it is. It's, 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 it's pretty shameful. Um, I don't know how much everybody else eats, but I'm like, I'm always going, no thanks, no thanks. And I love to eat. So I'm like, no thanks. No thanks. Cling. But, we can't eat everything. No. Okay. Listen, it's like, right, going like food and a chow bit. is what it sounds like. It's like, <laughs> yes, there's just, it, 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 it is exactly <laughs> that. Okay. So, so you, you walk on the plane, there's a tray full of, uh, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, or, or chicken sandwiches, usually from Red Robin. So you can have, you can have that. And that's your app on the way in. I'm not joking. <laughs> okay. Like a burger app. It's like a pre-sandwich before the meal. Correct. And then you, then you sit down and then they say, is there anything you'd like to drink? And there's already a couple drinks in your, in your seat back thing. Right. And so, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a Coke zero or whatever. And then, and then they, they come by and they have a tray of like uh, crackers and cheese. And then they have a tray of like a uh, fruit. And then they have a tray that's got like uncrustables and granola bars. And then they got a tray that's got like gummy bears. And then they got a tray that's got like chocolates and, and they just keep throwing stuff at you. <laughs> this, You're like, this flight and then to they Denver come, was what, an hour, an hour and yeah. 15 and then minutes. They, <laughs> then they come through and they say, well, would you like, would you like a, a warm meal? And like, yes. and then, it's, then, then there's a list that'll have like a, like a, a steak with a rice pilaf and some, uh, some broccoli florets and then uh, you can have a pasta or you can have a, uh, a chicken or you can have, it's like a regular, like, like a hot meal. And then they come back through again with more like snacks. And then they, then at some point there's like dove bars, My and 
I mean, goodness. And then, Clint. and then when you leave the plane, then when you leave the plane, um, all the the flight attendants are like, "Make sure you take some snacks on the way out." It's like, oh my god, I'm so full. There's no possible way I could. I like, oh, fine. Here's a Reese's peanut butter cup for the road. You know, it's like it's it's ridiculous. I I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I just the flights in, to Denver is like an hour and fifteen minutes. I get this chart next year to Germany or something. I get it. Have a load up. Yeah. You got hours and hours. No, no, this is every. This is every. Yes. This is every trip. Unreal. And then when you. And that's on the that's on the way there, and the way back is the same thing, except for you. If you want, you can get another meal at the stadium before you ever get on the bus, because <laughs> there'll be some like local fare that they've you know. In fairness, this might all be with the comes and eats. This might all be with the this might all be for the offensive line because they we yeah. were at a we were at a Boulevard dinner with Creed Humphrey and the entire offensive line. And oh, they can eat. The yeah. amount of barbecue oh, yeah. they could put down was impressive. Yeah, yeah, but for the for the mere wow. mortal. Um, it's, uh, it's a little much. So yeah, usually it's like, pick my spot. Am I going to either have the cheeseburger or I'm going to have a hot meal? And then, you know, maybe I'll have a, maybe I'll have a piece of cheese this time, but next time I'm getting the M&M's, you know, it's like, you got to pick and choose. It's like ridiculous. And you're like, no, no, seriously. I've had enough. Just get the steak every time. (laughs) Just get the steak, get the hearty steak on the flight there and the flight. Well, I mean, it, it is a plain steak. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, (laughs) no offense. I mean, it's, it's not, you know. Plaza three or something. You know, the guy cook it down at Ruth Chris. It's yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, it's not they're heated in up in the microwave in the back, you know I mean? It's not, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of food. So McCall Hardman, if he did his, you know, <laughs> he stayed awake. There's a good chance he put on a whole bunch of weight last week. Good. So hopefully he'll be ready. All right, Kling. We'll have a safe trip. Enjoy the food on, on the flight down to Houston. Uh, go France. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's that too. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. That's Josh Klingler, chief silent reporter for the chiefs radio network. Of course you hear him on Fesco in the morning tomorrow, 6 a.m. Man, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Of course they have the, I just good for Kling, man. Good, good for Kling living the life on the flights, the sideline. Really sounds like Willy Wonka. Like he's just that's describing incredible. like, here's a bevy of food or like, I'm in sure the Nick's flight to, I'm sure Nick's flight to Germany later today. The exact same. I'm sure. First class seats. I'm sure they're asking him whatever he wants the whole flight to Germany. What do you say? It's a what is it, a 15 hour flight? No, he didn't say it was 15. Hour. I think he said it was like eight, ten. Ten probably is, probably sounds about right. I think it was more, more and more in that range. Someone says Plaza Three Bruce Chris no longer exists here. That's true. That's true. I loved me some Bruce Chris back in the day, man. I don't know. I don't that. think I've ever. They been, had one in Boise. Honestly. I had a I had a nice deal set up with Bruce Chris in Boise, man. I had basically every month, man. I had like three hundred bucks to Bruce Chris. It was incredible, incredible. The you arrogance dates, on this show. It was a great. It was day. It was look, look at the way they just talk. Is oh, I run my charter. Oh, I three hundred dollars with a Ruth Chris, Ruth Chris every Whatever month. you were talking about your kids having queen size beds. <laughs> Is that does that make them spoiled? Oh yeah. No, the the Bruce Chris one. What's was the one first of the best time you got ever. a bed that wasn't a twin? I told you. High school? You said college. Yeah, but technically those ones in college, like in the dorm rooms, those weren't big. Those, well, were, those were probably twin too. Yeah. I didn't get a queen. I had my own queen bed until after college, man. That's tough living, man. I was like 14. But I was spoiled. I grew up in Johnson County. <laughs> See, he was so did I. I grew up in, John, in JoCo. Still live in JoCo. Maybe you could have had a full size if you just asked or queen size if you just asked. Yeah, I don't know, man. They didn't even ask. I just gave it to them. Like, here, fine. Enjoy this. Large bed. Spoiled kids, you know? Spoiled? Spoiled. Spoiled kids. Let's get to the random question today. Random question. Well, this has nothing to do with spoiling Someone your kids. Someone says it's Nick in first class to Germany. Huh? Might as well be. Might as well be. Don't know. Don't know. We really don't know, Someone's actually. like, that's easily 15,000 15, calories per flight. You're like, yeah, probably. Oh, all the Being stuff. Being like Michael Phelps in the middle of his Olympic run just mm-hmm. to get through a single meal on that thing. The random question today brought to you by the Windows Source of Kansas City. For you, Gold, for you, Jed, over on the J Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610. We're actually having a conversation last night at the bar that brings me to the random question. And all the toys lined up, so we can get it for the Boys and Girls Club. And a lot of people brought board games. I brought a couple, and there were several other people who brought board games. And Nick and I went back and forth a little bit about the ones that got played the most in our house. So that's my question today. What are the two or three board games that got worn out in your house? What are the ones you guys played the most. I know we're probably choosing from about, and I, look. By the way, I think like games like Connect Four can be included. I, I, let's let's use board game pretty generically okay, here. I was thinking just boards, but okay. Nah, but like right. let's let's use board game pretty generically here. What are the games? Easy. Those type of games that got used. This. Top two, three 
in your house the most? No question. No hesitation here. Number so life and Monopoly. Life and Monopoly were the two that by far were a lot the most of life. Played. Yeah, huh? life. That's and, not in my top three. Yeah, life. Monopoly and, is. Yeah, life and Monopoly as far as the ones that were played the most for sure. Monopoly and life. Yep. Not even. Yeah. When life, can I start playing life. Monopoly with my kids? Six is too young. Well, they have a Kansas City Monopoly. You saw that came out now. It Kansas is. City has its own. Mon- I haven't played that one, but Kansas City has its own Monopoly. Be too hard now. to conceptualize Monopoly right now. I mean, not fully, but I just. I'm not saying land you couldn't on, play it. Land I just on certain ones, you get money. Yeah, well, you got to pay money, too. Depending on... And yeah. you got to keep track of your money. It's a lot. They should have Kansas City Monopoly featuring downtown stadium proposals. So, basically, you just keep handing out money constantly. Just and it's it it to the bank consistently. So, Monopoly was on our list. We also used to play... Like, we only played... I swear to God, we only played long games. We played Monopoly a lot. We played Risk. I forgot about yes. Clue. Sorry Clue also one. had a very long run in the tap. Like, as far as kids' games goes, because I think we liked it even as kids got a little bit older, because if you don't remember, sorry is vindictive as hell. <laughs> you don't, you're not really all that sorry. You are constantly going off after the person who cost you the last game. That's true. Who's in first place in this one. You're just actively working it. We liked the games where you could actively work it. Someone goes to the bathroom, turns out all of a sudden we have a... <laughs> So certain all of a sudden we have a treaty in risk, which includes getting your ass out of the game. So it's just like we liked the games in which you can plot, scheme, you know, go behind someone's back. I feel like that's why, like, sorry, risk, monopoly, those all got played a lot in our house. I forgot about Clue. That was actually Clue, I think got played. Clue was a lot. Yep. Colonel Mustard, man. Colonel Mustard definitely was always guilty, you know? We played our fair share of Uno as well. Yeah. That's yeah. a card game, but we played yeah. a lot of Uno. Jed, what were yours? So Monopoly and Clue were probably the two most categories was also very popular. Oh. I'm a very As big fan older, of that game. Got some the game that you mentioned and I obviously was very excited about. I love the game of Risk. The problem is that it takes it can take up days to oh, play. Monopoly never ends. So, so. Monopoly ends all the time. People really always is. say that. That's it never the ends unless someone ex- quits. Risk is a much longer game than Monopoly. Especially Monopoly if you're really, really determined end. to win and well, it's a game of world domination. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever played Risk? I'm sure I have. I just I couldn't tell you the last time. We'll bring I in risk long, tomorrow. We'll play how before long the show. Think, hey, if we played if we played it, Justin breaks for the entire time Nick was gone. Oh my! God. We wouldn't get done. <laughs> no way. I'm trying to think like five minutes at a time, eight well, times a show, days. forty no minutes times eight. I bet we'd be close, Jed. I don't think we would. I'm what bringing if we it included in tomorrow. like an hour before the show every game to like you know. Get some time in then, too. I, I'm for it. The problem is that we would need to find a neutral area that we could store the board overnight. I don't need people messing with all of our different pieces, our pieces. on the board. And we could just write them down at the end. You're just, no, wait, this is way too much here. No. What do you mean? Right, we got to write down where we left off and all this. As we got day. older, somebody also mentioned Trivial Pursuit. That's probably the board game I've played the single most in my entire life. But that really started with, like, when I was a teenager with friends, we played Trivial Pursuit a lot, and that just stuck. That one just stuck forever. That and ter- yeah, and he mentioned categories. Those are all older ones. Someone said again. Now we're venturing away from board game and more battleship. Someone texted in. Battleship was one of my favorites too, but I don't I don't put that in the board game category at all. But a battleship, great game, but not a board. Not we a didn't board play game. that one very much. I love battleship. Played a lot more connect four checkers and chess than than battle. Like as far as those like you know just one one versus yeah, yeah, yeah. one games. How much do you guys play Jenga? Somebody's mentioned. There's so many good choices in here. I didn't play much Cranium. Do you guys play that game much? I, no. I mean, uh, we had it. We had it, Operation too, but again, that's not a board game. We're now we're just get, we're just going full of games. But Operation was a fun one. Well, yeah, and they're mentioning Mousetrap, which is definitively a board game. I By think. the way, Mousetrap didn't ever work. Did anyone no. ever get it to actually work? No. So we stopped. Here's playing. Here's the thing: I never played Mousetrap in the way you're supposed to play. We just set it up to like let it all run through, which didn't work. <laughs> that was all we ever did. Someone says also, why are you guys talking about writing it down? Just take a damn picture of the board. I don't know how we do that. We don't. We don't just walk around with cameras all the time. Oh wait, so it's like why you yeah, like, Why down. would you write it? Fair, fair you know point. what it is. Fair that point. that is me going back to like childhood. How we were going to keep track. Yeah. All right. Well, we're coming back to this game. Somebody better put how many. I got twenty-seven guys here in Indonesia, and I will not let that be forgotten. That is I the... did really like owning South America or Australia. Just pigeonhole yourself somewhere deep so you can spread out a little bit. That was your strategy, huh? Well, I mean, honestly, Europe, way too hard to protect. Just way, way too hard. You had to go North America, South America, <laughs> or Australia, start there. 
You can't start. Africa was pretty good. You couldn't start, but you couldn't start in Europe. Just this definitely sounds like it mess. might be a faster game of risk than I had thought. If you're saying Europe's too hard to defend, it's too hard to defend. You sound like, like an amateur. There's nine entry points, man. Well, are you some are you some expert here on risk? Well, I'm not saying that I'm the world's best it risk player, like... but I'm definitely saying I'm better than Cody. You can, you can be attacked wow. by the person who's trying to hold North America and Africa and Asia. <laughs> it's too much. I'm bringing it in tomorrow. This is going to. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played in a long, long, long time. All right. That is the random question today. Up next, though, we do get into one of many events that are going to be happening over the next couple of months involving the Royals and the downtown stadium project. Some of the questions that were raised last night, some of the answers and a couple of thoughts on those next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.